here on uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast. Two Steps Ahead podcast highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hour two here from El Torito Restaurant in Pasadena. It's Taco Tuesday, the unofficial weekly holiday here in Southern California, Los Angeles specifically. Uh, even though I guess we learned uh, last show, last hour, that Taco John's is the one that trademarked the Taco Tuesday. I've been to Taco John's. If you're in the Midwest, you've probably been to Taco John's too. But um, but we're here, and we are celebrating the gradual reopening of society. Right. And we're also uh, <laughs> celebrating the kind of newly remodeled El Torito here yes. in Pasadena. They've got the uh, newly remodeled patio that we're sitting in. Yes. Uh, we've got a new bar, all kinds of drinks. We've got the tacos. We've got the happy hour. We've got a great time. And we've got uh, Terre Haute Shiro to yes. my other right right. And... Uh, <laughs> In the middle, we've got uh, Brandon Wade, who is the uh, host of Pay It Forward podcast. Yep. And so um, so basically, as you're looking to get out and about again in life as things open up, you know, and you're like, you're wondering, where could you go? What could you do? Um, El Torito could be a great place for you to come on out. Again, they've got uh, a DJ every Tuesday night. They've got the tacos. They've got other events going on throughout the uh, week. So it's not just a Tuesday. It could be any time, really. And again, if you're coming out to uh, Happy Hour, I would recommend the mini chimichangas if you can get a hold of them. They're quite popular and very good. Uh, that'd be my favorite. Yes. And, um, and again, it's just a way to get out here. And, and for us, it's an opportunity to just kind of get out of the studio, have yeah. some fun, and, yeah. and um, you know, see where the day takes us. And uh, like I said, we're joined with Brandon Wade from uh, Pay It Forward Podcast. And you can hear his show on RadioWarp.com. Let's see. He's on uh, Monday and Wednesday at noon. Pacific yes. time, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and that's Radio Warp, W-A-R-P.com, Radio Warp.com, and um, where else can they find you? Well, you guys can also find me on my Instagram, uh, Pay It Forward Radio, so you guys can look me up for direct content, anything that I post directly. Also, you can find me on pretty much all of the streaming sites, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, any place pretty much that you have streaming, you guys can find me on there. Whenever I post, I usually post uh, bi-weekly every two weeks or so. But, uh, yeah, most more than likely you guys can find me in those places. And so we are kind of doing a, a three-fold thing here uh, for these uh, couple of episodes. One, we are doing our normal podcast like we normally do. Yes. But two, we're also on location here at El Torito in Pasadena. I think I said at the intersection of uh, good times and great food. And then we're also doing uh, social media live, Facebook live, Twitter live. And I think last time, for those of you watching live on social media, I think we had some audio issues on my end for my side of it. Uh, hopefully they're fixed. I know on uh, Terra's side, the audio was okay. The video might be a little different this time. But again, it's the first time we're, out, we're so we're still figuring having it issues. out. Yeah, we're still figuring it out. Things are happening. So we've got uh, a few things going on. We've got our podcast, we've got a remote, and we've yes. got a live stream on social media. So if you're listening at a future date, you might be wondering, why does it sound like you're live at a location? It's because we actually are at the time of taping this. Yes. And so again, if you're in the area, we're going to be here for about another hour or so. So swing on by 3333 which is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's number for you Laker fans. Um, and uh, we're going to be here, come by, say hi, and get some uh, tacos or chimichangas or, in your case, what, burritos and margaritas? You know, I had to uh, be reminded of my actual order during the break because my family's here, my husband's here, okay, my okay. mom, my sister. So last, last and the, so the table. it's different. Oh, yeah. Let's set the table. Last hour, last show, you were talking about you met hubby yes. at El Torito. Yes. Okay, and you gave us a menu item that was incorrect. 
I did. So basically, your whole marriage is a sham. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's based on a fraud, <laughs> on a lie. It was fake news. Okay, so it set the totally record straight. What yes. did you actually have? It is the chicken and sour cream enchiladas. That ah. is, and the Cadillac margarita. So maybe the margarita clouded your uh, it, memory. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Uh, it how many did. margaritas did you have to get drink to get through that first date? Actually, in the in the day, back in the day, I was drinking uh, uh, Long Island iced teas. Wow, very oh. cosmopolitan. I yeah, it's not, that's I'm not proud of that, but I was. <laughs> no shame. We don't shame. We don't shame. Nor do we should. And so on this, uh, so again, we're doing multiple things. So uh, again, margaritas, um, if you want to come out, tacos, if you want to come out to whatever it is that you enjoy, uh, come out to El Torito because that's where we're at. And again, they've got a DJ going, DJ's Tuesday nights. They've got some events coming up. Uh, also, uh, special thanks to JNC Media, Joan, for helping us out to uh, get this all put together. We really appreciate that. And so if you have uh, so, uh, media, if you need kind of like a rep, so to speak, uh, jncmedia.com is where you can find her. And so as we get this uh, show going for this round two from El Torito and Pasadena, we brought Brandon on because, you know, a couple of episodes ago we talked about Cuties, the the Netflix show. And there was some debate about whether or not it was sexploitation. And it really became down to sexploitation versus coming of age. And I guess it's a matter of opinion depending on what side of the fence you sit on. And so what we thought we'd do is bring in Brandon because Brandon has a real, I don't want to say coming of age story, but he's gone through some things here recently that has really kind of made him check who he is and what he's about, especially at this stage in life. And um, just to get the conversation rolling now, your father passed away uh, almost a year and a half ago now. Yeah, that's correct. He passed away mid-April of 2019. And so um, we talked on the way over here. One of the things that you have to kind of that you're kind of coming to grips with is the fact that your father in, in yeah. the and tell me if I'm wrong because I don't no, want to I don't right. want to give misconceptions and stereotypes and stuff right. but it's it's there's common thought that in the black community yeah. the father is absent right it is it is a common it is a commonality and, and and actually I'll tell you that there were quite a few of my friends especially as I got into high school I had a lot of friends in the inner city I went to uh, inner city high school Dorsey High School deep house I gotta say that that's <laughs> statement if yes. you went to Dorsey you understand but here's the thing um, when I went to Dorsey um, a lot of the friends I were around I, I, I didn't go to a inner city high school in the beginning I went to a high school that wasn't in the inner city but Dorsey was very inner city and most of my friends when I went to Dorsey did not have father figures and I found that out I was rolling with a different group of people and when we would go over their house, they would talk about either their moms or things like that. But you ask them about their dads, they wouldn't be able to tell you their dads were absent or their dads maybe had a lot of things going on. So it really isn't a thing that's uncommon. I found out out of my friend group, I was probably one of the few people that still had, you know, both of his parents involved in his in his life. Mm. Now, with that being said, you were fortunate enough to have a father, but your father yes. was... Uh an authoritarian, yes. I guess we could say. Yes. Tell us about that. So yeah, my father was very authoritarian. He was he was he was very. Um, I wouldn't say he was as far as um, extremely abusive, but he was very controlling. He very much felt that he had a certain sense of ownership over me as a as a person, as a human being, and he felt that um, my path 
was to kind of be decided by what the idea that he had for me, and he did not like when I deviated from that. So many of the decisions he made, I, I made were overarching decisions that were made by him. You know, he was the one that decided that I should go to Dorsey, even though whether I didn't really want to go to Dorsey, but he decided I should because he felt that I would learn certain lessons at Dorsey, which I did, but it wasn't a choice that I felt that he should have really been able to make, but he made that for me. And there were a lot of decisions in which I found myself challenging myself, wondering, is this me or is this my dad? And so that's one of the things. I I dealt with a lot of identity issues because of my dad's overarching need for control. Now, with that being said, with the passing of your father, I would imagine that there was an adjustment period, not only for the loss, but also because now you have all of a sudden this authoritarian, this kind of maybe stamp or this uh, this thing pushing down on you, that's all of a sudden gone too. Yeah. So it's kind of like a twofold thing. You've got yeah. this pressure yes, released yeah. off your that's shoulders nice. and you're dealing with the loss of your dad. That's so you've nice. got like these two things coming at you. How's that been going? Yeah, that's fact. So um, I can tell you that within the first month or so that my dad passed away, um, it felt like there was a weight off of my shoulder. Like, even though my dad wasn't physically there most of the times when he was alive, there was this heaviness on me that I always felt like he was going to be looking over my shoulder. Like, everything I did, the first thing I thought about was not how did I feel about it, but how was I going to explain this to my dad? Like, that was always the first thought in my mind. When my dad died, I found this sense of relief, but also this sense of overwhelming grief because when he died it felt like a part of my identity died you know i didn't see myself as brandon wade i saw myself as robert wade's son my dad's name was robert wade i never saw myself as brandon wade i always saw myself as robert wade's son i was looked at as robert wade's son and that was what i identified with and so with this authoritarian pressure gone from me and finding out that now every choice i make is a choice that i am now accountable for because i don't have anyone to point fingers at but at the same time Will I make the right decision? Fearful that I won't make the right decision because I don't have an authoritarian figure telling me these things. It has been not only like almost a culture shock, but almost a reality shock. And I just want to get his heads up to everybody, especially if you're not in the black community and you want to know this. But a lot of people, especially in communities that are ethnic, we deal with a lot of pressure from external expectations and there's a lot of expectation to just keep rolling you know just keep moving no matter what you do I, I used to get a lot of advice from that from people in my world and they say hey bro you know you just gotta keep pushing you know you gotta just keep moving you know you know I know you're feeling sad but you gotta just shake it off and what that is is survival we're taught at our core to survive I was taught in my core to survive and I'm realizing that I don't want to survive that I want to live and so that's kind of left my me with a journey with my my journey kind of in an upheaval so i've made some progress i've made a lot of substantial progress but there ha- it has been kind of disconcerting to try to look at all this stuff so i have a question yeah. your what do you know about your father's upbringing and maybe your grandfather's well what's upbringing like where does this authoritarian yeah. come from so I know that my father, um, I know why my dad was, was authoritarian. My dad, the good thing about my dad was that he was, um, uh, as you say, abnormally honest for um, someone of that upbringing. And okay. he told me about a lot of trauma he dealt with with my grandmother. Um, uh, my grandmother was very neglectful and very abandoning of him. And um, 
his family had done a lot of uh, treacherous things towards him, and he mostly pinned a lot of his expectations on me because he saw, as you'd say, the potential that I had, okay. and he kind of felt that he could be redeemed towards me. Now, my grandfather, I don't know much about. He never really told me much about him, but I know about my grand. I know about my grandmother. So. Um, but there was definitely broken family lineage along the line. So you feel that maybe part of your dad's, um, the way that he um, raised you was a, it's in a little bit in an effort to kind of correct his upbringing? Yeah. To kind of yeah, and redeem sort of that? Yeah, it, it sort of to redeem in his own eyes and kind of redeem in even maybe the eyes of his mom, my grandmother, that yeah. he was not, you know, a failure. And so sometimes, you know, we encounter that. You know, as a as as children, sometimes we encounter the pain and unprocessed pain our parents don't always deal with. And yeah, I'm not a parent, so I don't really know about that. I just only know <laughs> all I know is what I've experienced as a child. Can I just tell you that when you have kids someday, this is all gonna come back, and you're gonna be like, I thought I had this um, taken care you. of. It's gonna I come back. <laughs> I feel you, and I'm not even mad at that. My goal, my ultimate. No, it's all goal, good. My ultimate goal. Yeah is knowing that I will make mistakes with my children. I just don't want to repeat all of the same mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And it's not so good. And, and, and I don't want to carry so much that I'm not willing to address and then wonder why it repeats in my children. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that. So so what have you been doing in this year and a half to... It's a good question. Um, and it's the crux of my work. And sometimes I, I even have a therapist and sometimes he doesn't really understand all of what... I do because he mentions it. He says he's an African-American man like me. And he says, you know, I'm looking at it from the lens of somebody who didn't do that mm. like you did. So yeah. I don't always understand. I've spent this entire year and a half or so since my dad died doing nothing but internal work. I had a grief uh, grief recovery book that I was reading. I've done some grieving, grief process, recovery stuff. Um, I've done some emotional work where I have looked at um, I've looked at self-healing techniques, um, uh, things involving dealing with uh, unprocessed childhood trauma. I have li- I've had days where I've stared at the wall, you know, <laughs> like literally didn't do nothing but stare at the wall, trying to figure out what was going to happen next. Yeah. But because I had this opportunity to be real, I granted myself that, and that's something that sometimes I feel like my community doesn't always understand. Mm. But I'm starting to see the benefits of having done it. What do you, so tell me, what does that mean? Like, I don't know that okay, my community so, so, understands. So, um, again, as, as I mentioned before, my um, sometimes in, in, in communities of, of color, we because we grew up knowing how to survive and knowing that survival came first, survival is what is pressed in our communities. And okay. so oftentimes you have boundary violations. You have people that don't know how to process when you tell them no, you know, things of that nature. And those are all methods that are used to survive. Mm. So in my work, it's been learning how did I not learn how to not say no to certain things, Mm. how to say no to things, how to take care of myself, how to actually take care of myself, how to feel what's going on in my body, how to process what's in here, how to give it space to exist. And how to let it let it flow through my body. I've never had any of those experiences because I didn't have people to teach me that. Okay. So that's more or less what I mean as the the, the work in which I've been doing. So when you talk about the work that you're doing, do you 
do you do people in your community like understand do they poo poo it do they think it's silly do they think it's like oh this is really great like what's the I get response with your friends and family I get, I get mixed results I've seen some often a lot of times I've seen some people in my closer community be really responsive to it uh, my mom has been very supportive and she's also been really responsive to um, internal work and internal processing um, being willing to be you know deal with your feelings but I have had some responses where you know it, it's kind of you people only tell you the platitudes that they know right and that can be discouraging when people only know what they know and they refuse to know any different right so you know the the, the main nudge has always been well Brandon you know you're 30 you know what should what else should what are you doing with your life external meaning why don't you have an X why don't you have a this why don't you have a that as opposed to Brandon I'm really happy with how you have grounded yourself in reality. That's not something that oftentimes my community recognizes, but now it seems that it's coming to a point of more recognition. Yeah. I hope that answers any some, something you said. But, um, you know, one of the things that was telling, you were doing a series of Instagram yeah. videos, and you mentioned the fact that you went yeah. out and you li- you were laying down on your grass. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you had never done that before. Yeah. And yeah. it was like the first time you actually yeah. laid down on your grass, yeah. and you're like sitting there kind of taking it all in i mean that's kind of when you talk about it that's what you were facing that's what you're up against you're up against the fact that you can't go outside and lay on your own grass because that's your dad's grass and now all of a sudden it's like you have this freedom and now you're processing even the simple things of just laying on grass yes that is well said and so how so again when you're going back to this whole thing and because my uh, my background, I went to private yeah. schools, and so I had a lot of rules and a lot of things okay. that I had to endure, okay. too. Yeah, right. Okay? Right. So you, you yeah. had to, you know, when the bell rang, you froze on the playground. If you right. wanted to ask a question, you raised your hand. Yep. If you wanted to, when the bell rang, you would get in line. So you had to follow these yep. rules, whereas the, the public schools were a little bit more loose. You know, right. my friends, I'd tell them these stories, and they'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, where do you go to school? Right. But so there's this thing that yeah. is still over you and then when i went off to middle school junior high and high school those were gone and it was like dude how do i how do i manage this how do i like i got free reign to do whatever i want because i don't have these restrictions on me and so now you have to try to govern yes so you don't go too far to the other side and get completely crazy with this liberation if i can do whatever i want so how did you find your balance so that you don't go complete other side and just become hell's bells brandon wade that is absolutely um first of all i thank you very much for seeing and hearing what i was talking about that's absolutely what i felt um i will i can account it to a few different things um one i've always had a really 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 deep interest in finding out who brandon is and that's been driving me since i was like an early teenager because my dad was so authoritarian I was super serious about being Brandon. I didn't want to be another Robert Wade. It wasn't that I didn't respect or love my dad. I just really didn't want to be him. So a lot of the research and things I did was toward that. Now, I also had some accountability that that I had. I had some friends. Friends helped me a lot. I I, I had some people that I reached out into in circles that just had different experiences than I did. Uh, I had a life coach that uh, came and helped me. Um, his name is Steve Wood, so if you look him up, uh, it's Steve Wood. He's a he's a, a life coach that helped me out, and he um, walked me through a program that helped me to process the initial grief that I was in. He opened me up to some new experiences. Friendship and, and people that, that gave me experiences I didn't have helped me a lot 
in being in, in keeping myself stable and not just going all the way off the rails. So friendship, accountability. Um, I have been involved in a few other uh, grounding type things that have helped me kind of have a grasp on reality because that's one thing that happens when you lose that sense of authority or that sense of domineering. Um, sometimes you'll either try to seek it out again or you'll lose touch with reality. So I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by some people that helped me stay grounded. See, because we've talked about in the past about the influences and people yeah. that influence our lives or the, you know, the board of bullies or whatever the case may be. And so for you, it sounds like you had some people that were able to come in and kind of influence you in the positive, keep yeah. you in check yeah. and kind of give you some actual guidance yeah. that you really needed that was in the positive to kind of keep you on that straight yeah. and narrow. Yeah, no, that's really that's really what happened. And I mean, I can count a lot of I can count at least five or six different people that um, just gave me a wider perspective. And most importantly, they were willing to see and hear me without judgment. That was the most important element. Um, when you come out of a place of survival mode, and I don't, again, don't want to always make this about my my community or my culture, because truthfully, we have all dealt with things in similar experiences. Just like you, Son, said, you said, I came from a private school, and we had these experiences. There's certain things we share in common. And when you come out of survival mode, you start realizing that there's so much more to life than just looking at the next day. You know, what goals do you have? What dreams did you have that were left, that were uh, ignored? But there's certain things that come in that, like addressing the disappointments that you had. What about the disappointments and things that, you know, the person that you had so much hope in, because they're gone now, they have mm -hmm. officially let you down. Yeah, yeah. And that's a reality that um, I ended up having to face, but I also had people that helped me to do so. So, yeah, yeah, that really helped me a lot. You know, it's hard. I think, you know, listening to you talk, I also have the same kind of experience that in the, the, in the respect that um, I was also kind of told what to do. You know, growing up, the decisions were made for me. Yeah. Um, and didn't really have a voice. I couldn't yeah. really complain. I couldn't. I had no idea how to say no, how to set boundaries, like how to disagree with something. I had no idea about any of that because, you know, loving people thought that they were doing a good yes. job and they were, you know. But but when you take away um, someone's voice, when you don't give them the the opportunity to make a decision and fail or make a decision. And and um, go the wrong direction. You're you're robbing them of their dignity of learning how to process. You're robbing them of their dignity of of going through that that trial and error phase. That creative. Let me. Ha what is it to be creative? What is it to to reach out and yes. like make a decision and to see what happens? Like we're just completely. And so I too kind of came out of my upbringing. Like I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to had to set a boundary I thought I just had to go along with everything and not say anything but then I was really angry right yes so there was a lot of anger that, that was misdirected to a lot of the wrong people that didn't have anything to do with anything but I'd find myself like getting angry at strangers or people on TV or like people or my friends and like it's, it's nothing to do with them right. Right? right but I didn't have an outlet for it growing uh -huh. up and I've always said um, that well I I guess we talked about this many podcasts ago that I have allowed my kids to talk back to me and my mom will be like, how can you let them talk to you like that? And I'm like, well, I don't like it and I'm not condoning it. I'm not endorsing it. 
but if they have if they're passionate about something and if they have a feeling about something i want them to express it and then my job as a parent is to show them the proper way to express it so you can't learn the proper way to express something unless you first do it wrong right (laughs) so so you have to so people are like oh my gosh you know that's so disrespectful and i'm like "Uh, well i mean you teach them the words they can't be shaming or degrading or you can't like start calling people names or you know kind of like what we're all doing right now in in real life you know over this divide but you can't do that if you want to have a relationship. And then you, you, so I allowed them to express themselves. Probably sometimes I allowed too much. But then you kind of come back and you're like, okay, this hurts me. And this hurts my feelings. And, and when you say it this way, like it shuts me, like I feel like I need to shut down. I can't, I can't talk to you when you're, because you're so combative. Like we have these, com- like, but in order for me to say, you're so combative it hurts me when you talk to me that like that guess what they have to be combative you know what <laughs> and we have to argue in order to come around and say that is not the way that you argue like Absolutely. so people like we're robbing our kids the dignity of the of the of the learning of the lesson when we do that right and so the three of us kind of came out of situations like we didn't get that you know because we weren't allowed to talk back we weren't allowed to disagree and so therefore as adults, we have a tendency to be passive-aggressive. We don't want to talk about things. Like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that because it'll bring up, you know, it's just not going to go well, so we're just not going to talk about it. Okay, that's just not helpful. It just doesn't, like, it doesn't bring people together. You're, you're absolutely making a fantastic point, and that's actually the crux of the That's one of the first things I ended up learning about, like, right after my dad died was... Um, uh, I got I, I found some pages that dealt with like self healing concepts, and the first thing they talked about was violation of boundaries and or codependency, which is where right. you have an overextension where somebody is being uh, controlling, or they're, they're they 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 overextend themselves, or they force you to, to to agree with them, and they put indirect pressure on you. Right. There are things you guys just don't talk about, and that was a major common theme in my house, and I see that it was in right. yours. That you know, there was no there was right. no disagreeing with my dad. I right. mean, you could try to direct him another direction. You know, you could, but there was no saying no to him. No, there was nothing. There was none of that. And, and when we don't learn that with our family, then when we come out into the world yeah. with each other, then we don't know how to communicate properly with the people around us because we don't have that skill. And then everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, why is everything falling apart?" And so, yeah. <laughs> because we don't know how to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody violates my boundaries. So. <laughs> yeah, we just tell Sam. We just gonna, tell Sam. Everybody violates it. We go, we go snap, and he just does, we just tell Sam what to do. Hey, so when you okay, so now as you move forward, yeah. okay, and just in life, we take a look at uh, at the way things are going. You know, we're kind of still everybody's in a lockdown mode, still like we've right. been talking about. You know, we're just opening up, and as you see yourself, you know, moving forward in life, do you see yourself ever getting past your past? Actually, yes. And I believe that one of the major parts about this is that in order to really get past your past, you have to sort of let it be what it is. And I think what happens is that the more we fight against what we... we, The thing is that somebody had this fantastic quote. On Probably my, on my me. Page. Yeah, it was more. I'm it was sure more it, was it was the great son. Had, had to be the great son. It had to have been him. We um, got to We got to earn our spot. Yeah, we. I, 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 I'm lucky to be at this table right now. 
Um, <laughs> we, we, this quote, it says something like, most of our problems come from the fact that we don't want to accept that certain experiences happen to us. Yes, yes, and I love it that. Was, and I was like, I was mind-blown. He said that most of our issues, our stresses come from the fact that we had an experience happen to us. We don't want to accept that that experience exactly. happened to us. And that foundationally, when we allow ourselves to say that this is something that happened, it is a part of our lives, it is an experience that happened, but it's not dictating us. Once we start allowing that to be that, we actually start moving forward because it's like a, that's like a part of acceptance. What yeah. we often do as people, and it's yeah. often taught in communities, is like... If, if it happened, it's in your past. Don't talk about it. Don't exist. Oh, it didn't exist. It didn't I hate happen. it when people say that. Move forward. Keep it pushing. Men oftentimes are taught that quite a bit. And then, unfortunately, because men are taught that, the first thing we do is we tell women that. You know, we right. tell our daughters that. You know, and our daughters end up learning unhealthy patterns. And then they yeah. tell their children that. And so, um, we're taught that. And oftentimes, we're just taught that because our parents taught us that. But yeah. so, when we break the cycle, it becomes saying... These are experiences that happened to me. So I had some grief recovery techniques I've done where I've done some some accountability work where, like, we would um, do what's called, like, a relationship graph, and we'd map out everything that happened that was a significant event. And then, you know, we would, you know, there's a, there's a process into doing it, but it's kind of like a process where you allow these events to exist in your life. And as you do that, and as I do that, and I allow these things space in my life, I find myself able to not move past my past, but move forward in my present as opposed to... Because, see, we, we like doing that on quotes. We love talking about the positive quotes, you know. Right. If you ain't you, you, your past is not your present. We love them positive quotes, but those things don't mean anything. They don't. They don't and do I want to I wanna interject here because don't. you said something really profound, yeah. and I want to make sure that we hone in on and, that. If we part of what accepting our past part of what that does is allows us to understand what it is that we're dealing with so so like if we say for example um let's just say okay i I had a controlling parent who made all the decisions but uh, the tendency is to say okay but they loved us they did the best they could it's in the past we can't change it you can you know okay but there are things there that hurt um our, pro- our forward progress. Yep. Right? And so if we don't acknowledge it, then we're missing out on why we are not progressing right now in yep. the future. We don't understand why. We have like, these questions like, I don't understand. Why does this one thing keep popping up in my life? Yes. Why do I keep picking the wrong people? Why Why am yes. I not getting the job that I want? Why am I not? Yes. There's, like, there's, there's like these patterns that we keep falling yep. into. And if we go back and acknowledge, just you know, yeah. I'm just... Yep. So okay, so I had a I had a you know a parent that made all the decisions for me, right? Yep. And so now I don't know how to make it dis- the the right decision. So, but that also, like in my case, it really stunted my creativity yeah. in a lot of ways because I was afraid to make a mistake. I was afraid to make Ooh, a mess. Yeah, I was afraid to, you know. So then I guess what? I didn't do anything. Yep. So I can't answer the question: Why am I not moving forward? If I don't go back and say, okay, yes. There was some control going on. There was some codependence going on. Yeah. I, the decisions were made for me. What does that mean? What is, so when I started to go, you know, wanted to try out for something, oh, no, don't do that. You know, so if I don't recognize that conversation, 20 years later, I'm trying out for something, and there's that voice in my head, don't do that. 
yeah. <laughs> we got to understand where it came from. So we have to acknowledge, you know, people are like so like, oh my gosh, it's in the past, I can't change it. We don't understand that we're bringing the behavior from that event with us into every interaction in our future. And so we have to go back and be like, okay, what was that? What do they feel? Allow it. And I love the way that you said it. I honored my past in a way I allowed it to be what it is. And you feel what it is. You're grieving it. And now you can say, okay, that particular thing is hindering me now and I understand where it's coming from so now I can change it now I can make it better now I can create a different path in my brain that will take me to different directions so I don't have to listen to that tape recorder don't do it I can override it and say I'm going to go forward anyway that's all so I love the work that you're doing and I love that you're acknowledging that because um, so many of us don't want to do that process and then we don't can't figure out why we're not moving forward I received that. Thank you. And, and, and so hopefully, sign to answer your question, it's what I'm doing to move forward. And as I see myself moving forward in this particular time, it's kind of allowing those things that I've wanted to say, this didn't happen, allowing myself to go like, all right, this is something that happened. I allow this and I accept this. And whatever I need to feel, I'm going to feel while allowing myself to make the next step. Yeah. See, a lot of things that... I'm hearing is stuff that we're doing, okay? But at what point then do you have to just realize something happened and I have to forgive them because I just have to let it go? Because we can have the coping mechanisms. We can have all the things that we can do. We can have the mentors. We can have the guidance. We can have the people come alongside, which is all healthy and good. But still... We have that grudge. We have that little mm-hmm. thing in us that we want to keep on, yeah. that thing that we want to hold on to because maybe in your case with your father, we can't get them back because he's no longer here. But with other people that are still here, we want to do something to get back at them right. or we hope ill will to them or yeah. we want to see something negative happen because that right. will make us feel better. Right. But at some point then, everything that you're talking about, helping yourself mm-hmm. get better, if we don't let go of it, mm-hmm. then it's ultimately going to hit up against a brick wall because we have to let that thing go whatever it is that offended us because that's going to keep the be the weight around our neck that keeps us drowning and you know what you got a good point because um you know and, and all of us dealing with that and especially like what you said tara like you i really like that you pointed out the fact about the rage that you feel the anger that you feel because when you when you when you get used to having your bio boundaries violated you know that something is wrong yeah you logically understand that something shouldn't is happening that shouldn't be there, but there's something in you that primarily knows that something is wrong. Right. And when you find yourself, you know, in that position, you think, how, what, what do I, what am I able to do? And so, like, sign, like you mentioned about, okay, you know, you still want to see something happen, even if it can't happen to the person that it happened to. You want to see something happen. And I think that as we allow ourselves to feel and process what we're feeling we start making room to forgive see that's been the thing for me is like we like we like the word forgive you know even in 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 spiritual communities you know whether you believe in god or whatever it is you believe in and in in positive communities we love forgive we love that word but we don't understand the concept of right that that forgiveness is something in my experience you got to make room for like you got to make room to do that and you got to make room by allowing your feelings to be what they are and, and, and over the times of people that I've truly forgiven in my life the ones that I honestly can say I've forgiven have been because I made so much room that one day I just woke up and I just felt like I could let it I honestly felt like you know what 
in me letting this go, I'm not shorting myself. Because that's the illusion we get when we're dealing with forgiveness is like, I'm shorting myself. If I let this go, I'm telling them that they were right. I'm telling them that this was okay. Yeah, that's where people get tripped up. They get really tripped up. And it's not okay. And we want justice. That's why we don't forgive. Because we want justice. We want revenge. We want them to get what they deserve, right? And the sucky part about forgiveness is that we have to fix what someone else broke. Yeah, yeah. So it's not... We have to say, I am not going to get the justice in this situation i'm not going to get the revenge in this situation i have to let go of that part of it i can't control i can't monitor someone's you know and make sure that they get their consequences right right? so we have to go to a safe person Mm -hmm. and we have to be angry to that safe person and we have to i you know it even works to have like a stand-in like and just pretend like it's whoever the person that hurt us and just tell them everything that you really want to say to them yeah and just like like that really hurt me and and this is not okay and I need to say no and I need to set boundaries and everything that you want to say and just allow that person to take it in and absorb it because that's that's ultimately what we want is we want to be understood yep. or we want our pain to be understood we want our pain yep. to be validated yep. and because we can't get it from that person we think that we can't get it at all and then we walk around with this huge you know albatross around us and that we just can't let it go so have you forgiven your father? You know, um, I've done some grief. I've done a lot of grief work around my dad. I would like to say that I would like to say I have. Um, I would like to. I, I would like to say that I know I have peace when I think about him. I don't have uh, uh, resentment. Um, I, I. I don't. I don't. I, and, and see. I'm very careful about how I say that because, see, what a lot of us think is forgiveness is actually numbness. And a lot of times we think like, oh, I'm good. You know, you got a lot of people. I mean, I even had people that I used to look up to where they were just like, man, like, oh, yeah, I've been let that go. And you could just tell in their voice that they hadn't let it go. Like, they were still really mad about it, but they'd grown numb to it. So I have peace when I think about my dad. Um, There are experiences that I don't like that happen. But in many ways, I would say I've forgiven my dad. Um, in, in every way that counts, I've forgiven my dad. So, yeah, I, I would say I have. So we take a look at your community, okay? Yeah. You talked about earlier, we started off talking about how the black community is usually a, a fatherless community. Yeah. Uh, with exceptions, obviously. Right. Uh, and that's not to diminish the role of the mother or the grandmother. Right. But as you now, becoming older in the community... Do you feel the responsibility that as an older member of uh, the male community that you need to kind of keep an eye out, mentor, be a part of the younger generation that's coming up, or are you not there yet? Um, so that's a, that's a good question. I think it has more than one layer. The thing is, is that um, I don't wouldn't necessarily feel that I have a responsibility, but I do have a desire to play a mentorship role. What I'm, what I'm doing is playing is when I do is going to be playing an honest mentorship, because what most mentors do is they try to create almost like an avatar of themselves that people can look up to. That's not really the actual person, but it is the person in their best form and the or the idealized version of the person that they want to be, and. Um, I was blessed with several different mentor figures that I had in my life, and you know they've all had their 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 pluses and minuses. But 
um, the best thing that I realize I can do is even with my radio show and what I do, I can provide mentorship by being willing to set an example by sitting in myself and letting people know that there is safety in doing so. A lot of us in the in a lot of us people in my community sometimes don't feel that there is safety in seeing being with themselves. They don't feel that they can be safe to be mad. They don't feel they can be safe to feel anything but right. happy, right. sad or angry. Right. And when I do what I do, even if all I'm doing is taking a breath, you know, when I take my videos and I'm sitting out in the hood or something like that and I'm just saying what I'm saying, I am giving people permission to do the same thing that I'm doing. And when it comes to mentorship in my community, I would absolutely like to contribute. But as I do, like, do I feel like I'd be perfect at it? No. Do I feel like I'd even be really close to that? Well, not really. But I know I'm, I'm feeling more confident now that I do have something to give. So one, one more point I wanted to make is that I was talking to my mom about this a while ago. And I got this revelation while I was talking to my mom was... Maybe I wasn't at the wrong place, but I was just early to a party that everybody hadn't showed up to. Mm. So the concept of that is, you know when you go to a function or if you've ever been to a party or anything like that, if they say the party's at 9, you feel me, you you would be remiss showing up at 9 because you show up at 9, the DJ, there's going to be you know, nobody there but the DJ yeah, yeah. and the bartender <laughs> looking at you like, bro, why are you here? <laughs> no one's going to even show up. The party ain't going to start till maybe 10, 10, 30. But if you were to show up at 5 o'clock, people would look like you were like you were a psychopath. They'd right. be like, why are you here? Like, who are you? And when you show up to a place and you're the first person in line and you're the only person in line, people look at you like you're crazy. And in, in some ways, that's what they consider because they can't see why you'd be in line. Right. But now if you show up later on in the day and they people see you later on in the day and they see all of a sudden you're first in line and there's a big old line behind you, now you look like a genius. But what I realized was that I'd been dealing with a lot of emotional and mental work long even before my dad died. And I felt like I was kind of getting some crazy looks for doing that. Like, you know, you tripping, you know. Yeah. Why are you worried about this and that? And now, in this society, people are more open to that. And people are going like, hey, that guy is really on to something. And I'm like, maybe I wasn't crazy all this time. And maybe I was just, at, I showed up at the party at 5 o'clock right. and the party wasn't starting until 10. Right. So you're going from psychopath to genius. See? That's your journey. Yes. Psychopath you know, you, to genius. You, you, you either die the hero or live long <laughs> enough to see you become the villain or, or, or whatever they said, whatever they said in the movies, something like that. You are the party starter. I am the party. Apparently, I'm you. the party starter. <laughs> well, they, do, they do say it's a fine line between being a psycho and a genius. Hey, yeah. yeah. Right? There's that fine line. You go yep. one way or the other. Yep. And sometimes the genius company. is the psychopath. Yes. Yep. Yep. But, uh, yes. but so, okay, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, your podcast, your radio, Pay yeah. It Forward. Yeah. Um, so you've got a platform. Yes. And you've even mentioned that you're evolving yes. this, uh, with that even. Yes. What would you like to see Pay It Forward? Again, Pay It Forward. So first off, mm-hmm. you know, tell us a little bit about what it is and okay. where, and then where you would like to see it okay. go as you evolve as a person yourself yeah, that's great from psycho asked. to genius. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's great that y'all asked because it did start out something that I didn't intend it to be and now I do have an idea of where I want it to evolve into. So 
Pay It Forward initially started out as almost like a gimmick thing. While I was at PCC and I was doing Lancer Radio, I was kind of like, um, let me just find something cool that I could talk about for an hour that my dad was still alive, but he was dying of cancer. So I was just like, let me find something that could distract me for an hour. What could I talk about for an hour if no one was on the radio? Oh, I'll talk about positive things. So that's what Pay It Forward was. Let me take positive things and pay it forward to everyone else. Awesome. Then my dad died. And then it became... I realized how much of a gimmick sort of sort of it was, and I said, if I want to continue this, I want it to be something that's more authentic, and I don't want to just be putting on a show for everybody. I want this to be authentic. So it became about authenticity. Whatever benefit that I'm getting, I'm going to take it, whatever thing that's on my heart, I'm going to take it and pay it forward to people. Like when you go to a restaurant and someone has already paid for your food before you get to the front of the order, right. and they tell you, we just want you to pay it forward to somebody else. It's the same concept. So by the time someone's looking, I've already paid forward what it is that they might be looking for. And they're like, man, I'm so glad you did that for me. I'll never be able to pay you back. And I say, that's the point. Take what I've given you and pay it forward to somebody else. Right. So as a ministry, and what I wanted to do is I, I wanted to more or less become a ministry, you know, in, in all things. I want to be able to pay forward several different things. I want to be able to pay forward... Um, you know, at some point, supplies. You know, I want to be able to pay forward um, monetary things. I want to be able to do video, you know, um, you know, events that are about paying forward and genuinely about paying forward. You have a lot of charitable events out there, but they're not necessarily charity. They're charity. They're yeah. based around mutual benefit from people. Okay. I want benefit that's going to genuinely be for the people. That's going to be taking what I learned and gave and paying it forward, knowing that it's not going to really cost me as much. But when I give it to them and they say, man, there's no way we can pay you back. And I say, fantastic. And who's your target audience in that? Mostly my target audience is especially for those that are in print. Um, it's, it's not a, I don't want to say age like demographic because, but I can tell you what my audience is. Especially people that are, um, have suffered a loss, that have been, that are in the middle of a loss. That are feel that are maybe feeling lost, don't know what the, what direction they're going to go, don't know where their identity is, or are discovering their identity and want to know more about it. Okay. So that's really where my interest lies. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but those are my my main goals for Pay It Forward. Is I want to see it become something that people remember that when they see it, they know that there's something authentic there. They know that if Pay It Forward gives them something that they don't need, that there's no ending gift, there's no hook attached to it. All that they want is that to share it and pay it forward to everybody else. So that's my that's my main goal. But see, that seems so backwards from society because society is such a narcissistic society, yeah. a me first society. Yeah. What's in it for me? Why would I help you without any benefit from me? And so you've got this idea out there, like you said, that's almost gone from podcast to ministry minded yeah. because it takes a change kind of a, an evolution or a revolution of your mind and your thoughts to go from a me-first society to a serve-first society without the expectation of receiving something back because that's all we want to do. All we want to do is do something to receive back because how is it going to benefit us? And we don't understand that. You know what? Sometimes the greatest gift is to do something for somebody else without uh, getting back or without the expectation of getting back. There is something really satisfying in doing that. I mean... I've had some wisdom imparted onto me about that. Um, 
when my dad died, I started to become it started to become difficult for me to receive things from people. Like, see, I could give and give and give, but I'd be it'd be very difficult for me to receive things. And I had a friend of mine uh, impart upon me that you can only really give to the capacity you can receive. Like, this is something he told mm, me. That is so true. And I never thought that. Of is that is so true. I was like, bro, where did you, like, where did you <laughs> get that from? Like, and, and what he said was that, so the more you're able to receive, if yeah. you're able to receive more than you give, then you're able to give more. I can only pay it forward like I am because I've had people pay it forward into me. I've had yeah. people give me things and say, no, I don't want anything from you. People you know, think they're you. being like yeah. a like a hero or something. Say, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to take right, anything. Right, I'm right, going to give, right. and I feel really comfortable giving, but I don't feel comfortable receiving. Yeah. Well, guess what? Yeah. If the people that they're giving to didn't feel comfortable receiving, they would have nobody to give to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you spin facts. So. See, I have a, I have a, I have a need to... Give more, so if people want to give me, <laughs> I can receive. Therefore, my giving grows. You can give. I'll that's take the give. Because I'll take give. Give to son. Give the great to me, son so that then I give. can I can have the ability to uh, give more by receiving more. <laughs> there you go. The whole point of this podcast really is give to son. Right. Like that's the whole point of why we're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all give about son. You right can now. give to me. The more you the give more you to me, <laughs> the more I can give to others. <laughs> There you go. So give to me. He finally got the got it right. We, he finally got the whole point of the, <laughs> got the gist of it. Give to sign. Yes. Yes. Hey, so right. um, so you take a look at at your giving, and you take a right. look at everything that you're going through, and it's a journey, it's a process, right. and it's ever it's like evolving, like we've said. But you take a look at yourself, and you look right. back on the things that you've gone through. Okay, it was always said that what you go through makes you who you are today right okay so the experiences that you've gone through uh-huh. the fact that your dad was an authoritarian and all those things because most people will look at you and they will see and we've talked about this right. before you know you're an accomplished person you're well spoken you know you dress to the nines all the time yep. you know that adage of stay ready so you don't have to yep. get ready yep. okay and so do you feel that even though you've gone through all this and you're still working because it sounds like you got a lot of stuff that you're working through, but you still feel some sort of maybe gratitude or some sort of like, you know what, I, it's okay I went through all this because yeah, it has yeah. made me who I am today, yes. which is this person here that's well-spoken, educated, that a lot of people really misconstrue who you are because they look at you and they assume one thing, yes. but now you're really something else when they get to know you. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I do you feel like the things that you've gone through... <laughs> Uh, you know, how, how do you correlate the things that you've gone through and what they were, maybe not so good, versus it's made you who you are today? You know what? That's a really good point. First of all, thank you for bringing that up. That is something that I think about a lot. And I do think that there is value in what I've been, in, in, in what I've been through. I didn't, you know, of course, you know, when you're experiencing something like that, you know, you're not going to ever really think that there's any kind of value to it. Now, now I feel like I'm starting to reap a whole bunch of fruits you know, positive benefits from all of these different things, you know, environments that I'm very, I, I, I'm versed in that I didn't think I would be because of these experiences. And it, the more that I've done grief work and things of that nature, the more I can, can count these experiences as experiences, not a bad experience or a good experience, but just an experience. And so the more I'm able to do that, the more I feel like, oh, I'm here and this is a part of me and when I feel like this is a part of me and I'm able to be like oh this all of this has aided me to who and where I am I feel more comfortable in the environments 
that I'm at. And um, my main goal and where I've always wanted to get, and I'm not, you know, necessarily there yet, but um, one of my favorite quotes is a quote out of The Matrix where um, there's a second movie where um, two people were arguing with each other. Uh, Morpheus and one of the main characters and the, and the ship's captain were arguing with each other. And the ship's captain said, Morpheus, man, not everybody believes like you believe. And Morpheus said, my beliefs don't require them to. Uh, it's the best thing I've ever oh, heard about I love faith. that quote. That's the best thing I've ever heard about, like, self-belief. I've always wanted to get to a point, and I feel that sometimes, where the best feeling that I think I have is when I can be around someone, hear them genuinely process them without judgment, whether I agree with them or not. That right. means I really believe what I right. believe. Right. So if I'm like, okay, I'm really branded, I'm really here now, I'm the sum of my experiences and my choices, and someone else comes and says, I don't think you're that, and I can listen to them and say, I absolutely hear what you're saying, but I know that's not true, then then I feel good about myself in that way. So I'm still, there's still things I'm working through, but that's kind of like where I'm, I'm aiming at right now. So yeah, I, I definitely feel like I can be grateful for the things I've experienced. And I like that you said that, that it, when you really believe something, then you are brave enough to wrestle with it. Yeah. Because if people, if you don't really believe something, then it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to have a discussion about it. You don't need to try and defend it. You don't need to try and understand it. It's just something that you accept and you move on. But um, when you really believe something in the bottom of your heart, it's like, and, and there's questions, and you wrestle with it, and you're yeah. brave enough to wrestle with it. You're brave enough to ask questions. You're brave enough to say, let's have this conversation. I think that's when it really, really begins to mean something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good point. That in the end of the that, that mostly, it's in that wrestling process. It's in that. All right, I'm it's in not the wrestling. Go, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna just. This isn't a thing. I'm gonna sit with this and find out what it is. Yeah. Why do I want this to be this way? So, you know, if we're gonna be just given a sign, man, you gotta wrestle with that. You gotta find out why we should just be given a sign. You know, or maybe we should. Just that's something it. you should not wrestle with. <laughs> Free just give it. Just give. Don't, don't wrestle. Render on the sun, anything. That's what it comes down to. That's what I'm thinking. Like tacos from Taco Tuesday. Right? You're an El Torino. El Torino with the bowl. Yeah, a little yes. bowl. See, people are already giving. People are already giving to me. I got the bowl here yes. from the El Torino. They paid it forward to you, son. They paid, they paid it forward a bowl. That's what happened. We are here at Del Torito. Again, uh, we'd like to um, thank El Torito for letting us come out and yeah. be a yes. part of yes, Taco Tuesday. Been awesome. and, and again, you guys that are uh, with us, um, if you're still with us on social media, I know we've been doing it live, which is our first time out, so there's probably some bumps in the road. So, um, you know, things that we have to figure out. But again, we got to try it at some point, so we're figuring that out. So if you're still with us on social media, hey, great. If not, we understand. Um, second of all, we um, are here doing a broadcast, actually live. The last time I think we did a broadcast from a restaurant, it was closed. Yes. Nobody was there. So we yes. had a free run of the whole place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And here you've got people hustling and bustling and right. all kinds of stuff. So it's a fun atmosphere. Yeah. So we've experienced that. We are learning live. how to deal with commotion around us. Right. <laughs> Even more so than the beach, practically, on the continuum. Because exactly. the beach that one time turned out to be perfect. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we got that. And it's then we're trying to do everywhere. a regular podcast as well. So it's kind of a three-in-one. And so, again... If you would like us, by the way, to come to your establishment, please hit us up. Let us know. Uh, we would love to come out and promote your business yes. as well. 
And so uh, Taco Tuesdays, they've got the DJ going on every Tuesday here at El Torito, 3333 Fort Hill Boulevard in Pasadena yep. at the corner of Good Times awesome. and Great Food, yeah, right. as I like to say. Uh, special thanks goes out to all the people at El Torito. Yep. And to Joan as well, gncmedia.com, GNC Media for helping us out, put this all together. I'd like to thank uh, Jay Robles from yeah. the first hour, the first show, for coming out and uh, sharing his story and being a part. Uh, Brandon, thank you for coming out. Um, if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? So two things I'll let you guys know where you can find me. So um, if you want to find and follow my you know, my journey, everything like that, uh, you can look me up on social media at Pay It Forward Radio. I post all of my my content and everything like that. You can also find me. Um, I also I also stream every Monday and, and, and Wednesday on uh, uh, at, at different times uh, through the day. I think it's, it's a twelve um, twelve p.m. and uh, five p.m. at different times. You can find me at RadioWarp.com. You can also find me there. I also just for everybody to know, um, I also am a part of a. Uh, a, a prayer line, and it's not a religious prayer line. We really don't care what your religion or faith is or anything like that. We just people prayers. We call it the Real Prayer Movement, and we are on every Zoom uh, from Monday to Friday from 10 to 11 p.m. So we're on at night, and uh, you just what we just be vibing and felt and, and just kind of you know crossing paths with each other. So come through if y'all want to find me there. Like I'm there all the time, and so I'm on Facebook, the social media, all that. So just just check me out. That's that's where you can find me. Yeah, and it's uh, Monday, Wednesday at noon Pacific, Tuesday, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific at Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. And Tara, we can find you mixing it up in the ring of social media <laughs> where? On Instagram, I am at Tara Hokeshiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. You can find me on Facebook. Gosh, it must be hot in here. My voice is cracking all over the place. Sorry. Um, on Facebook, I'm at Tara Shiro. And um, my website, TaraShiro.com. Yeah, TaraShiro.com. And also, you can listen to our show, Two Steps Head Podcast, on RadioWarp.com, Mondays and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. And you can check us out there. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. And then you can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S, Edom Rocks. Uh, for Instagram, and then if you just Google Two Steps Ahead Podcast TWO, we come up. There is a link in the bio on mine and Two Steps Ahead. You click that link, it's a link tree, and all kinds of options come up. You've got the merchandise store, we can buy swag. You've got all your listening, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartMedia, all your listening options. You can pick your favorite, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, and then we also have our YouTube link there and then a couple other things so just click the links in the bio and you got us uh, at your beck and call mm-hmm. um, and then RadioWarp.com check it out all kinds of great shows and music you can download the app just go to your app store whether you have an iPhone or an Android and you can just type in Radio Warp app APP Radio Warp app and uh, download us and uh, download it and take us on to let us entertain you as you are on the road hey so, again, special thanks to El Torito. Special thanks to uh, Joan from JNCmedia.com and to uh, Jay Robles and to uh, Brandon Wade. And um, take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Uh, be kind. Don't be an a-hole. And juju happens. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs>